That's what makes us tough. We keep a coming. We're the people that live. They can't wipe us out. They can't lick us. The change has started, and the change in Detroit is real. We're back! Yeah, 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 yeah. Detroit, Michigan. Here, you can actually see what you do affect a great American city, and it's, it's hopefully a historical comeback. Welcome into Opportunity Detroit. We're happy to say hi to Clement Fane Brown Jr., the founder of 313. Linda Paulin Hebden will be here, executive partner of Warner Norcross and Judge. Athena Pappas, executive at Athenaeum Suite Hotel. And then Bud Danker stops by, the president of Penske Corporation. It's all about opportunity, Detroit. Detroit, Michigan. We open Opportunity Detroit with Clement Fame Brown Jr., who grew up in northwest Detroit, attended uh, uh, middle school here. He graduated from Redford High School, 1997. At age 11, he got his first official job at the neighborhood candy store, Letty's Wholesale. Just a year later, at 12, he began designing and selling T-shirts He said, I've always been intentional about surrounding myself with people that I admire and respect. I was taught at an early age the value of being in good company. And so we like to think we're in good company now with Clement Fame Brown Jr., the founder of 313. Welcome to Opportunity Detroit. Thank you so much for that that, uh, that, that warm welcome uh, this morning, man. And I appreciate you guys having me on the show today, and I look forward to... uh Discussing all that's going on with 313. Well, we want to hear all about it. You, uh, uh, In 2002, uh, Clement uh, placed uh, his own brands in well over 600 stores internationally. In 2009, he opened the doors to Fame Shop on Joy Road, where he hosted two annual Joy Day community give-back events. Joy Day engaged the community by feeding over 200 families, providing haircuts, book bags, and school supplies that same year. He was also successful in registering a federal trademark for a creative spin on Detroit's area code 313 by naming it 313. And that's just the beginning of the rest of the story. Tell us about yourself and your background, Fame. Oh, well, I, I, you know, so... I've been I've been making and selling clothes here in the city uh, since since I was a kid, like you mentioned, since 12 years old. Uh, I got into selling T-shirts because a good friend of mine, like my brother, his name is Edsel Marshall, affectionately known as uh, Pete Rock. He started airbrushing, which is you know painting uh, painting pictures on T-shirts. So he started painting using uh, airbrush to paint artwork on T-shirts, and I would take those shirts to school and sell them. And uh, before not before long, you know, the, even the teachers and the staff would be requesting custom shirts uh, from my brother. And so, um, you know, that, that we kind of graduated from that to, to screen printing and, and more, more, more uh, production techniques that's, and embellishment techniques that's uh, more mass production. And so um, in my early 20s, I was fortunate enough to start a couple clothing lines that, that I was able to sell internationally. And, um, you know, I, you know it, selling T-shirts, being a fashion designer is, is not like a um, – for me, uh, shall I say, it wasn't a. I, I'm first generation at this. You know, my father wasn't really into to clothing. He definitely wasn't into creative things, and 
artwork and so on and so forth. Uh, my mother, she's a creative soul, and she makes a lot of things. And, and, I, and I think that, that, that energy, you know, that from my mom is what kind of led me to want to do, do something creative. But I, I've, had, I have, I've had it hard. I, I haven't had it easy. Uh, I haven't had a lot of mentors to kind of, you know, guide me in this space because uh, not too many, you know, fashion designers from the city that's uh, you know, nationally or internationally uh, known or have success. So, um, but I started when I was young and I stuck to it. And I think sticking to it is what is my greatest accomplishment. Just being able to stick to it for so long um, um, is, I think, really is what is the, is the difference between, you know, people who make it um, and people who don't when it comes to their brands. Yeah, sticking to it uh, through thick and thin. Um, and, and the key here, too, is, as you mentioned, you didn't have a lot of mentors. Why do you think you started? What, what led you on a path starting at age 11 that led to the Spirit of Detroit Award? You've gotten that thing, I think, four times. The Michigan, <laughs> Michigan Chronicle 40 under 40. The DYP Vanguard Award recipient. I mean, the list goes on. What yeah. started you at 11 without any guidance? Well, you know, I, I would be remiss to, to say I didn't have any guidance. My, I have great parents. And, you know, um, and my mother was a, a, a young mother, so she taught us early, uh, uh, you know, what it meant to be resourceful, what it meant to, uh, you know, be a hard worker. Uh, and so, and you know, my father, my father's from West Africa, he's from Ghana, and, um, you know, he's a numbers guy. And so my, you know, my upbringing was all about, um, you know, using what you got to get what you need. And, um, you know, when I got my first job at the candy store, um, I thank I thank the most high for, for the owner there, uh, which became my godfather. His name is Arthur Nall. Um, he was affectionately called Letty, but his name was Arthur Nall. Um, when I got the job there, I was able to, you know, use my my passion. You know, like I had a way – Lady, well, lady, what the candy store did for me was give me a space and an opportunity, a safe space and an opportunity to be myself and to pursue my passion in business. And so, you know, the the owner of the store there, he he took me on as a son, and we would talk a lot. We was we would spend extended hours after work just talking about life and business. And lady, he lived through the Great Depression, so he had a lot to offer me. He had a lot of wisdom to offer me. And so I, I think, you know, um, you know, seeing my parents struggle, uh, you know, being uh, exposed to poverty and um, early and actually having a, a way out, a way of escape, if you will, with T-shirts, um, that was all a fuel that I needed to, to, to stay on fire. It was the, just the idea of, you know, escaping poverty by doing something that I love. Well, you did have uh, mentors then, uh, in yes, fact. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I, I definitely had mentors, just not fashion mentors, not clothing mentors in a sense. Yeah. You know, um, when I started selling T-shirts, my, my, my good friend that was airbrushing, he had some guys, you know, he was learning under older guys. And I kind of would watch them from afar and develop my style and, you know, learn things from like, like, like a fly on a wall. And we were, we were super young. 
So, you know, we weren't supposed to be around those older guys, you know, in, in that atmosphere. So I, I would I would kind of, you know, make my way around those guys, and I would uh, I would just be quiet and watch. It was a place called Kingpin Airbrushing, and this was in the late 90s, mid-late 90s. Kingpin Airbrushing was the – it was the, just the go-to uh, spot for anything custom. And the guys that were there making all this custom stuff, they were like, uh, you know, they were street guys. And they were doing streetwear from their perspective. And and that's how I learned, uh, that's how I learned kind of streetwear and so on and so forth and how to kind of position ourselves to to sell uh, dope streetwear. But, you know... You know no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I, I just I want to make an observation because I think it's real important, and you you point this out. We're talking with Clement Fame Brown Jr., the founder of 313, and many other businesses and accomplishments starting at the age of 11. And that is, and this is something we can all learn from. You say, "quote I've always been intentional about surrounding myself with people that I admire and respect." I was taught at an early age the value of being in good company. And I thought of that, frankly, Fame, when you said, you know, we were young guys. These were old guys. We weren't supposed to be around them, but we were and we learned. Imagine if you were around the wrong guys. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. 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 And I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate in that way that we had. You know, it was this airbrushing phenomenon that took place during that time, and hip hop was expanding and blowing up at that time. And we I, we had these ways of escape. You know, we had you know, you know, when you're in poverty, a lot of times you can't see past your immediate need. When you're in poverty, a lot of times you can't really see beyond poverty. Right. And so to have uh, a way of escape, like I say, to have this this thing called airbrushing and these custom T-shirts and just a, a something to do uh, that was productive and positive was was a blessing for me because you know the only other op- uh, alternatives was you know uh, uh, things that 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 weren't you know right things that you know you don't get a lot of opportunity in poverty you know and so. You know, a lot of the people that I grew up with were, you know, they learned from the wrong people. They learned the wrong things. And so, you know, I'm fortunate. I'm so fortunate that, you know, uh, the most high position my life to where I could, you know, I could invest into streetwear fashion. And, and I'm just, you know, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm so conscious that I'm operating my definite purpose. And uh, it's just a blessing. It's just a blessing, Paul. Well, listen, uh, Clement, you're fortunate, but we're fortunate because we can take advantage of the value that you're adding to the city of Detroit. Uh, You're using that 313 platform to expose and support the best of the city. Tell me how uh, our WJR Opportunity Detroit listeners can find you and find 313. Oh, well, that's easy. Just Google 313. You can go to 313store.com. That's our website. Our social media is all the 313, and it's spelled out, the word 3, the word 13. So if you you know put in your, your search bar, the word 3, the word 13, we are very intentional about making sure that we uh, are, uh, are, are visible. 
um, in that in that sense. So, you know, 313store.com, or you can just stop by one of our two locations. We're conveniently located on the Avenue of Fashion, right at 19495 Livernois, directly across the street from the uh, Detroit's famous Bucharest Grill. And we also have our new location that we were so fortunate to open, downtown behind Shinola Hotel. That is in Parker's Alley, directly across the alley from uh, Detroit's own Lip Bar. And so that location is 1436 Farmer Street. So between our website and our two locations, uh, we, we make ourselves visible and make ourselves readily available to serve to serve the city. Excellent. Continued success to you. Great hearing your story. Clement Fame Brown, Jr., founder of 313. Uh, great talking with you. We'll look forward to talking again. All right. Thank you, Sue. Thank you again. All right. We continue on Opportunity Detroit. Relentless Positive Radio, more good news for the city of Detroit. Warner Norcross and Judd, LLP, you've heard about them a lot on WJR over the years. They were great uh, sponsors and supporters of us, and we were great supporters of them. Well, Warner Norcross and Judd opening a new Detroit office. The executive partner, Linda Paulin Hebden, is on the other end of our line as I say congratulations and I would have thought you had an office in Detroit anyway because you were so much a part of our community for so long. That is great news to hear. We're, we're happy that you thought we were part of Detroit. We are thrilled that we are actually now um, officially part of the Detroit community. You're moving some attorneys, uh, up to 60 attorneys and team members, into the, the building at 2715 Woodward Avenue. And you're going to do that uh, by the by the book as the restrictions are lifted. You're going to do that. This all a part of Olympia Development to building and developing this 2715 Woodward as part of the District Detroit project, which is transforming a 50 block area into the world class business, sports, and entertainment district. And uh, I know that you and your members at Warner Norcross and Judd are very excited. We are excited. We um. We really put a lot of thought into this, and keep in mind when we were planning this, it was pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, but even then we thought the way that people would get together and meet with each other was changing. We weren't having as many face-to-face meetings. So we felt we still needed a way in which we could deepen our relationships with our clients, and that's what led us to choose a space in District Detroit near all of the entertainment venues. Well, I wasn't kidding when I said I, I thought you were here all along because you've really, you've been uh, active in Southeast Michigan for, if I can, like a quarter of a century, 25 years. Yeah, that, that's right. And we're, you know, we started it with a very small office. Um, we have grown that office over time. We've um, done so through hiring a lot of lateral attorneys. We have a lot of great clients that have supported us through all those years. And so we're really just so excited to be in Detroit. And I'll tell you, our younger attorneys love that we're in Detroit. That has really helped our recruiting. Well, frankly, uh, being the father of a young son who lives in the city of Detroit, that's like the only place to be. That's the way the uh, the younger people look at this uh, this opportunity in Detroit. 
And, uh, you know, for years we, we had uh, Tom Manganello on during uh, different uh, portions of our, of our program representing Warner, Warner, Norcross, and Judge along the way. You are going to be the sole tenant of the building's third floor, uh, and that's kind of a sense of pride too, isn't it? You know, it really, it really is. It's, um, first of all, it's, we're very proud that we're in a position where we can really planning a flag. We have, we're having great building signage. We have the entire floor. We were able to design it in really a forward thinking manner. Um, and we think that it will help us do what we've already been doing, which is attracting great talent to our firm. Are you, are you, I always like to ask, and it never hurts, as we have Linda, Paul, and Hebden, the executive partner, Warner, Norcross, and Judge, in their new Detroit office. I know you have a couple hundred attorneys, certainly. Uh, Warner, by the way, the second largest law firm headquartered in Michigan. Are, are you hiring? Are you always looking for other good attorneys? Uh, we are. We are always looking for great, talented attorneys who... Uh, want to be join a firm that has a really collegial um, culture, and that's what you have. And uh, and we've picked up on that in the past. It just seems, uh, I, again, I'm so thrilled that you're going to be coming into that 2715 Woodward as part of the District Detroit project. You know, it just makes sense being the second largest firm headquartered in Michigan. But you might be one of the quietest firms, and so I mean, is this is this a sign uh, of maybe changing that a little bit, starting to make a little noise? You know, I think it, it is, I, and you know, as I said, I was really happy to hear you say that you you feel like we've already been in Detroit. Um, we are the a premier firm in Michigan. We are, as you say, the second largest firm in Michigan, and. Well, we, we want people to know that, and we want people to um, associate our name, Warner Norcross and Judd, with Detroit and with Michigan. And um, this is really a way for us, as I said, plant a flag, make our, put our roots down here, and make sure everybody knows that we are here to stay. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, and with this new office facility you actually though you had planned this pre-pandemic luckily in the midst of what you're doing you can kind of set this office up in the the newest of ways i don't know if you'll be hoteling uh where people won't have actual offices but will have space to work or uh, or be working from home i suspect some of your attorneys can work from home many days and only a few days have to come into the office is that what you foresee yeah, the, um, it, we we did not go into this thinking that we would have a hoteling situation. Our our folks did not want to do that. But now, post pandemic, or I, I'm saying post pandemic because I think we're going to be out of this soon. Well, we all hope uh, we're so. Doing, yeah, we're we're doing some surveys and we're asking our people what they want and what they see. I think it gives us an opportunity to do some things for flexibility, like hoteling, that will allow us to have more attorneys in our office um, than what we even currently contemplate. The, the thing that I'm excited about is when we designed our space, we designed it so that we can also bring in our clients and referral sources and, and just the community members 
um, to entertain them in the space. And I think there's going to be a pent-up demand to get together and do those kinds of activities and events once we are completely through this pandemic. And you'll be starting with uh, about 60 attorneys in the Detroit office? Yeah, we have a um, we have a little bit less than that. We wanted to have some space available so that we can attract new attorneys as well. Okay, up to sixty maybe. Uh, yeah. And just a reminder, though, I would have thought you were in Detroit for all these years because you had such a big presence, especially here on WJR. But uh, here we are with Warner Norcross and Judd, with the two hundred thirty attorneys practicing in eight offices throughout Michigan. Grand Rapids, Midland, Macomb County, Muskegon, Kalamazoo, Holland, Lansing, and now Detroit. And you can get more information at WNJ.com. WNJ.com. Anything else we need to know? Just when when things are back open, please stop by and see us. We'd love to have you. Well, we'll look forward to that. Linda Paulin Hebden, executive partner, Warner Norcross and Judge and their new Detroit office at 2715 Woodward Avenue, uh, all a big part of the District Detroit project. Uh, And that's all good news. And we are all about relentless positive radio when we can be, and we can be now. We continue on Opportunity Detroit. Athena Pappas is an executive at the Athenaeum Suite Hotel She's chair and president of the Greektown Neighborhood Partnership, Greektown's community and economic development nonprofit organization, and she's got long-standing roots in downtown. Her family legacy has helped shape Greektown and our central business district as we know it through real estate development and management, hospitality and small business, a multi-generational family business. Her family owns the Athenaeum Suite Hotel. Uh, Pegasus Taverna, fabulous Pegasus, as well as many other properties. Uh, Athena, welcome to Opportunity Detroit, and it really is a family affair, isn't it? Yes, it is. Thank you for having me, Paul. It certainly is. Um, I have uh, five siblings, and we're all uh, have been involved or are currently involved in some way, shape, or form. Um, and just love to support uh, Greektown, not only our businesses, but just Detroit in general. Was there a time ever that little Athena Pappas thought about doing some <laughs> thought about doing something other than going into the family business, or was it absolutely never never crossed your mind? You knew what you were going to do, and what you were going to do is what the family was doing all over Greektown. You know, it's funny that you asked that because I think uh, my siblings have had. Um, different uh, careers and things like that. But for me personally, it was something um, that I always wanted to get involved in. I grew up in the in the businesses, visiting them, you know, eating at the restaurants as a small child, going to Greektown every Sunday, having dinner with my grandparents and my parents and my siblings. And it's something that I just thought, I mean, wow, what an opportunity to have um, this, you know, legacy in front of us to be able to be involved in and continue uh, to grow and expand. So, it's something that I certainly uh, have near and dear to my heart. I love the hospitality industry, um, and I love Detroit. So the long answer would be no. <laughs> <laughs> the long answer is no. I love hearing that you have these uh, traditions that continue with uh, with these meals, for example, with your entire family. I think that's fabulous. 
and uh, I'm a little jealous. Uh, but meanwhile, I want to know more about the Athenaeum Suite Hotel. I've always enjoyed being there. There's always been a great, it's been a great space for great events, and I've been to a variety of those events over the years. But I understand that you've recently undergone a major interior renovation of, of the lobby, the meeting spaces, uh, the bar, all of that. Tell us about it. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we had a renovation plan prior to COVID, um, so we went ahead and took the opportunity um, when we were able to to um, do the construction, and we did a major renovation of our our front lobby space. Um, the Athenam has been open for over twenty five years, and we just felt it needed to you know a renewal and update. Uh, we changed our bar just off the lobby area. It's very sleek and sophisticated. Uh, we have a an American menu uh, with kind of international influences and handcrafted con- uh, cocktails. Um, that menu is led by uh, Chef Petro Dracopoulos. And uh, it's just a very inviting, warm space. Um, and we really encourage, you know, all visitors, not just our guests, to enjoy it. I, I need to ask a question um, that I haven't seen or felt in any way. First of all, you have honored the neighborhood's Greek history and culture with your renovation, as you have with the Athenaeum Suite Hotel from the beginning. I was around at the beginning, twenty over 25 years ago. But I've heard some people say, well, you know, Greektown, it's not as Greek as it once was. I, I have not seen that, but that's I, I haven't been in Greektown repeatedly over the years. I love visiting, but I, it's not like I've lived there. How is Greektown moving forward and modernizing? It, it, well... I could say in, in light of the pandemic, but just overall, forget the pandemic for a moment. Sure. Uh, is it possible that Greektown isn't as Greek as it once was? Sure. You know, I've heard those uh, same, I guess, critiques uh, over the years and starting even as long as 10 years ago. But, you know, the reality is that we've recognized that we have to, as a neighborhood, evolve and change um, to attract, you know, new guests, new residents, uh, new visitors to Metro Detroit. So, while it may not have as many Greek restaurants as it once did, which it still has um, at least four, I'll say off the top of my head, not really counting, but right. um, it, it, you know, it still has a number of Greek restaurants, not necessarily all your old traditional staples that people remember from you know, 34 years ago. But the really, um, what I think is the cool thing about it is that there are a lot, not just myself, but other generational families that are still invested in the area. And so you see, um, you know, the, the second or first generations coming in and taking over what their parents have started. And so as far as that, I think there still is a lot of Greek, um, you know, roots in the neighborhood. Athena Pappas with us, executive, uh, Athenaeum Suite Hotel. Uh, well, she's many things. She's the chair and president of the Greektown Neighborhood Partnership, Greektown's nonprofit community development organization. And, and the, the, in line with what you just said, Athena, there are several new businesses starting in Greektown and several major renovations of existing businesses. So share a little bit of that with us. Sure. Along with the S&M's lobby and bar renovation, we've also added a uh, new uh, space called Bacalicon, which you can get Greek um, goods from, but also visit and enjoy some Greek food. Um, there's also a renovation of Golden Fleece, the interior of that. Uh, there's also the Pig's Tail, which is a rooftop, small rooftop lounge area above uh, the Red Smoke. 
a barbecue restaurant. So there's a number of things that have already begun. And throughout the, you know, pandemic, we really, you know, took on the time and, and really put efforts into renewal and encourage people to come visit and check us out because, um, you know, most of these businesses, as I said, are owned by families and multi-generational and, you know, we're here to stay and see Greek town continue to thrive. And that's good. And that's important. And I, I would give you the opportunity uh, to to explain what the identity and culture of Greektown actually means for all of Detroit, for Detroiters, and and hoping that that's being celebrated. Sure. I mean, from my perspective, Greektown has always been one of the most visited districts um, in Metro Detroit. I love that there are you know newer uh, areas that are popping up and people are visiting, but we definitely, I think, set a standard for decades of, you know, how to be hospitable and welcome guests and just have a great overall experience from nightlife to casino to restaurants. You know, we really enjoy welcoming people and treating them, you know, as family. And you are uh, open and raring to go as the restrictions, uh, well, who knows what's happening, the latest <laughs> yeah. from the CDC. That's got to be right. very painful for a business owner and for your whole family That because there's such confusion. Uh, open up, shut down. Open up, shut down. It's, it's absolutely crazy. But you're open and you're inviting people to come by and, and still being sensible and protecting yeah. themselves, wearing the masks, the usual that we, that we all have talked about ad nauseum but to come and have some fun. Absolutely. I think it's long overdue, and I think springtime is always a time where people are ready to get out generally um, after our, our Michigan winters, but I think more so than ever, people, and I hope so, are eager to get out and have some fun. Obviously, of course, in a safe manner, you know, we do enforce the mask mandate. We do have social distancing. We do encourage, you know, to stay with your, you know, small groups when you're dining and things like that, but um, we're all in Greektown ready to welcome you in a safe um, and excited to have you back. Anything else you want to share with us uh, before I let you go? No, I just wanted to thank you for having me and allowing me to kind of talk about Greektown. It's very near and dear to my heart. And, you know, as I have small children now, I think about, you know, them and hope that they get involved. And, you know, Greektown is here to stay and, and welcome everybody. Well, it is a family affair, that's for sure, as we pointed out at the beginning of our conversation with Athena Pappas, executive. And I say Athenaeum, you say? It is, it's pronounced correctly, Athenaeum. Some people also know it as the Athenaeum. All right. Uh, so Athenaeum is uh, correct, yeah. thank goodness. Yeah. And, and <laughs> how many generations now before your little kids get involved? Uh, well, my, you know, my, my father started, um, my parents came, my father came from Greece and my parents started, you know, over 40 years ago investing in Detroit. So I am now that next generation. And then, you know, we've got a couple of years. I have a four and seven year old. So we have a little while till they get involved. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Very good. But remember, when you were seven, you were hanging around and helping. All right. Sure, Very absolutely. Good. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Continued success to you, Athena. Thank you so much. All right, Athena Pappas, Executive Athenaeum Hotel, Sweet Hotel, uh, on this sweet opportunity to try. 
Bud Denker is the president of Penske Corporation, and uh, he is the chairman of the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, presented by Lear. And Bud has some good news. It's uh, great to speak with you. It's been far too long since we've been It has been. Together. It has been. I don't remember the last time I saw you, unfortunately, but it's probably been a year with the way things have gone. It has, but we're going to be together very shortly. We will have uh, <laughs> five races on Belle Isle, and uh, we can't wait to bring some, hopefully some normalcy and some excitement back to downtown Detroit and, of course, to our beloved Belle Isle. And, and it's been decided that you're going to go back to the traditional one-weekend format in 2021. Uh, and I think that's, I, well, I know that's a good thing for those of us who are putting schedules together and trying to squeeze in as many things that are coming back on the calendar that have been gone. It's going to be very busy for the, the COVID-free months ahead. It will be. And the reason why is because we originally had a conflict with the 24 hours of Le Mans in France. And many of our drivers run both races. They run Belle Isle and they run the race over there. But now that Le Mans has been pushed back a few months, we're able to have our weekend back to one weekend, which we're excited about. It's good for the sponsors, good for our fans, great for the city, great for our calendars, as you mentioned as well. But so importantly, we are going to now have eight hours of national TV coverage of our beautiful riverfront, our beautiful city, our beautiful Belle Isle, and you can't put a value on what that means, the postcard to the world that people are going to see with some hopefully some normalcy back in downtown and bringing people back downtown to have some excitement and some fun and to see some great racing. It's I mentioned this earlier. We we look fabulous. Mm-hmm. You, you make us look fabulous on uh, national television, mostly NBC this time. And uh, it's such Belle Isle is such a jewel, a gem. This island in in the midst of all the water and everything that's going on there, and it introduces the world to just how great and many of the great things that we have in Detroit that not everybody knows about. Of course, we all get excited about the racing, uh, even if we don't follow it all the time. When the racing comes to our own backyard, with this fabulous race, the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Uh, returning to the one weekend format that is june 11th through the 13th put it on your calendar um and uh, you've got music food and really great racing and now very exciting for the chevrolet corvette to be able to race in its own backyard in the shadow of the world headquarters of general motors people people love that new corvette and for good reason and they're going to watch that happen too the new C8 Corvette is an amazing vehicle. It's an amazing vehicle. And we're so excited for the first time since 2008 that the Corvettes will be racing back on Belle Isle again that weekend in its hometown, uh, in the shadows of the Renaissance Center, their corporate headquarters. So you're going to see those cars racing. Of course, you'll see the stars of the IndyCar series, Team Penske, and many others as well down there. They're racing. The only thing we don't know, of course, is the number of people that will be allowed to attend. We're going to be going by, of course, city, county, and, and statewide protocols uh, for safety. Uh, I, I hope that vaccinations will continue and they'll continue in the upright trajectory they are so we can have a lot of people down there. But uh, that'll be dependent upon the protocols we have at that time. Hopefully those things will t- continue to improve so we'll have great fans on Belle Isle also. Boy, that I got to tell you, I, frankly, I hadn't even thought about limitations all the way into June for an outside, outdoor 
uh, event like this. But I, I'm sure hoping that for June 11th through the 13th, anybody who wants to go will be able to go. And I'll talk about uh, tickets and availability in a moment. But you just mentioned uh, Roger Penske. How is Roger? Roger's doing great. He's um, he's um, energetic as always, uh, positive as always, like you are, Paul W., and uh, leading our great company of almost 60,000 associates around the globe. And uh, we're blessed we're with our with our health. Uh, we're blessed for Roger, of course, as well. And um, the business is good. He's good. And uh, we're all very fortunate to be in our great city and uh, and have our great health. I can see Roger. He's so positive. I can see, I can see Roger trying to find the silver lining in every cloud. He could probably be saying, well, you know, uh, with COVID and everything, that gives us an extra opportunity to fix up the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that uh, we need to do a lot of work on. So now we have the opportunity. I can see Roger Penske finding the positive side of all of this. Am I right? Well, you're absolutely right. And I'll tell you one, one additional byproduct of owning the Speedway is we announced with the governor of Indiana we're going to vaccinate 100,000 people at the Speedway in 15 wow. days, having drive right through the Speedway, right through our garages, never get out of their car, uh, vaccinate them. And then the one of the uh, services that we're providing to the great people of Indiana, uh, 100,000 people. So we're looking forward to the Indy 500 with fans Memorial Day weekend. And, of course, right after that, they come to Belle Isle two weeks after that to be here with us. The, the, we're, we're excited now that we own the series and that we own the Speedway and of course, we're excited to bring this great racing back to Belle Isle. It's been far too long, two years since this, we've been racing in Detroit. We are the Motor City capital of the world, and uh, we can't thank General Motors and our great partners of Lear Enough and our other sponsors as well, Huntington Blank, Blue Cross, DTE, and many others that make it possible for us, Paul W. The 2021 Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Tickets are not yet available, but expected to go on sale soon. And it's the good old same uh, email address, DetroitGP.com, or web page, DetroitGP.com. You check in there. You'll be the first to know when those tickets go on sale. But you could give us a little hint if you know, bud. Well, we expect the tickets to go on sale the next few weeks here as we work with the state and work with the county and city and the protocols in terms of limits. So we'll, we'll have better ideas about that. But, uh, you know, one more thing I want to thank is Eric Larson and Cindy Paskey for their great leadership at the DDP and Downtown Partnership. It's all part of our program here. And without their leadership and what goes on downtown and with Dan Gilbert's announcement, we've got great momentum for this city, and we want to see it continue with this race here in Belle Isle. Absolutely correct. And you're mentioning some of the very, very linchpin people that uh, continue to work on behalf of the uh, the folks of Detroit, and we so appreciate it. And that includes you, Bud Danker, along with Roger Penske. Thanks so much for being with us, and congratulations. Very exciting news. Uh, one weekend, a great weekend, June 11th through the 13th, for the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Thanks so much, Bud. All the best, Paul. Take care. Bye-bye. Bud Danker, President, Penske Corporation, and Chairman of the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear Corporation, the weekend of June 11th through the 13th. Looking forward to it. And to all of our special guests, and most importantly, to you for joining us on Opportunity Detroit. I'll be with you in the mornings on WJR. Regards, Paul W. Smith.